0: Are you ready to hack your time? I'm Vicky and I am obsessed with course correcting everything that you've been taught about how to use your time because I know that you can create more success while having more fun and taking more rest. I went from doing all the things, working 80-hour weeks to creating a 15-hour work week. Listen and learn how to hack your time never have to say that you don't have time ever again. You too will learn how to accelerate without doing more today. Hello lovely people. I'm so happy to have a very special guest and an excellent time hacker joining me today on the podcast to share with you all about how she has created amazing results as a time hacker and been an example of what's possible. We're going to have some fun here today. Um, So let me introduce you to Janae. Janae, tell everyone about you.
1: Hello, my name is Janae. I'm super excited to be here. I am a college coach, so I help students raise their SAT and ACT scores and navigate the college application process with less stress And more ease. And I'm also a junior at Stanford University studying management science and engineering with a minor in education. And I'm a time hacker.
0: Yay! So fun. Um, So I want us to start with you at the very beginning. So, me and you spoke, and actually, like, what led you to think even that you wanted to be a time hacker?
1: That is. Such a great question. Um, Because I remember closing out my sophomore year of Stanford, I had obviously throughout the entirety of my business, I've run my business as a student. Um, But as my courses were getting harder, I found my time patterns were not sustainable. Mm -hmm. I was working on the weekends. I was burnt out. I didn't feel like I had proper time with friends. When I was with friends, I wasn't present. And I wanted a life where I could be off. I think that was my biggest thing. Like, I was like, I know how to be on. I know how to get the work done. I equally want to know how to have time for rest. I want to have space in my schedule and I knew what was, what was happening was not sustainable. And so I actually, the way I stumbled upon you and your work, a potential client of mine who's, who's interested in her daughter joining my program, I mentioned that we have some time management work in there for students. She's like, have you checked out Vicky? I said, no. And so I went and I looked and was like, well, this seems cool. And I thought about it and I thought about it and then we talked about it. And I was late to my consults, which was freaking out. <laughs> And we were like, okay, this is very on theme. And I was like, clearly this isn't working. Like, we need to clean some stuff up here. And so that's how I became a <laughs> <the> time hacker. <laughs> and then um, I remember what what I think I posted in the group was um, the same day that I enrolled because I am 20 years old, right? So like two years ago, I was a minor, even though I have this <laughs> business, my bank is always very cautious of my investments. And so my mom calls me and she's like, the bank is frozen in your account. What are you doing? Are you, are you sure this is what you want to do? Like, this is an investment. This is a lot of money. And I remember thinking this is a lot of money. It was the most money I'd ever spent. I had all the physical reactions, all the feelings, mm-hmm. and I said, I'm worth it. And I remember I was just like, I'm, I'm going to be that person who invests in their business and makes their return. Yes. Right? Um, and doing that from the place of trusting myself, even when I don't know how it's going to happen. Uh, and I remember you mentioned to me, and I think it's important for anyone else who's thinking of joining Time Hackers. I was going into a full-time job. I was actually moving to a new city, moving to a new apartment, taking on a full-time internship, already had other business programs that I was working through as building my business. And I was joining Time Hackers. And I remember you were like, you don't have to go through everything. You can make one shift and everything will change. And I made my money back in less than 30 days while also running my business and also having my internship and also taking lots of naps and going to brunch and having fun. And so, like, that was the story of me joining Time Hackers.
0: Yeah, and I think it's so, so firstly, I love that when you shared about the bank and your mom and everyone calling, like, what are you doing? You're spending <laughs> yeah. money. And I think it was, and I know we've spoken about this, like it was an opportunity for you to actually double down into the trust when yeah. like, there was also an opportunity to go into fear. And I think it's such a great example for anyone listening of like, doing being willing to do something and take action even when there's nerves or there's fear or whatever it is. And the other thing is that I love you that you shared there is like, we can always find a reason to not join something, right? Absolutely. Like I- I'm moving, like I'm going to start this new job. I'm already in a program. Like I can wait. Like one of the biggest things I get in my DMS from people is like, I'm going to join soon. I'm going to join. Yeah. And so what was it do you think for you? Do you think it was literally just knowing that you didn't have to do all the things that allowed you to take action then?
1: Absolutely. And I, I remember I was I was going to wait. Like I got on the call and I was like, well, I'm just gonna wait until after the summer, right? Because I have this internship and I'll have so much more time, Vicky, once it's done, you yeah. know, and I just want to really be able to dive into the program yeah. <laughs> in, in all its entirety. And I remember you said to me, you're like, you don't have to watch all the modules, do all the worksheets, do it all. And I, I didn't like, I went in, I got live coaching. I implemented some of the time management techniques that we discussed, and I started to see shifts and I still engage with it like months later at a pace that works for me. Yeah. But, I I think it was that, that I didn't have to do everything at once. And also that if I even found a way, and and I I don't think this is for just entrepreneurs as I know there's so many people in your audience, but if I just found a way to have like an extra hour or two in my week, um, the decisions I was making with my brain, what was the return on that? So great. And I, looking back, if I hadn't, you know, made the decisions that I did between like Like I made investment decisions in April and then at the end of May when I joined Time Hackers, um, I wouldn't have had the summer that I had where I had my first 10 K month and I wasn't, I wasn't working to the point where I felt like I was on, on a hamster wheel. Right. So I think like you can always wait. And that's also something that I figured out, um, with just my very personal circumstance, whenever I decide to join, whether it be a business mastermind or a business program or investing in my time, it's a choice because I could always do something different. There are plenty of people who have told me, you know, you just want to finish school before you run your business. Yeah. you know, you just want to, you just want to spend time with friends and you just, there's so many other things you could focus on. And there are other things that I could focus on, but I can also figure out a way to do it all sustainably. Yes. And that's what I've done. Yeah, And by not waiting, I've created the result in my life that I have now, Yeah. I get to leave college going into a multiple six-figure business.
0: Yes, what? Everyone listen to that. <laughs> and without running on the hamster wheel
1: and with yeah. having fun and
0: a life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: Because I think you're such a powerful example. I think there are many people. So maybe it's a student listening that wants a business or sometimes someone with a full time job that wants a business. A lot of the narrative outside of like our container is really that like it comes with sacrifice, it comes with hustle, like be willing to like, you know, sleep, work all night and sleep when you're dead. And and I think that like, you have very well navigated growing your business while growing your nap time, growing your fun and growing your life.
1: Yes. And I remember when I was first starting out building my business, thinking of it, like when I was 15 or 16, because I started my business when I was 15, I had the idea coming from everything that you mentioned that if I made more money, if I grew my business, I would be less of myself. Mm. Like I would have less time. I would be, um, like my relationship with money, I, I thought I was going to turn evil, like all the things, which sounds silly, right? But, but like that's often what's perpetuated in our culture. Totally. And I remember just thinking like I was I, having a big business didn't even feel safe to me mm. because of who I thought I would turn into. And I've recognized the more that I grow my business and invest in my mind and my time as I'm doing that the more of myself I become. Like now I can be so present. I was literally, it touched my heart so much this past Valentine's day weekend. When I was talking with my partner, he was like, you know, when I was dating an entrepreneur, I thought you were going to be working all the time. And I feel like you really don't. And I was like, this is the biggest win for me in the world, <laughs> right? yeah. because, because the more that I've gotten to a position where I've grown my business, I have more time to talk with friends. Mm-hmm. I can use money for causes that I want to support. Mm-hmm. And I find them actually more of who I was meant to be in the first place. And I think like that, that is so important for someone who's just starting out to hear.
0: Yeah, I think probably there's a lot of people listening that think, like, I want to pursue this different thing, or I want to start this different thing, but they're thinking about everything that they're going to lose instead of what they're going to be able to create. Because what I'm hearing from you is you've created it on your terms. so. Whereas when we first start, what we're thinking is, what we're seeing is other people's terms. And we're like, I have to play their game and their rules and I have to work weekends and give up my life and sacrifice. That's a lot of the messaging out there. Yeah. Whereas you, you literally created it on your terms, which is while having a life, while having a relationship, while being present.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I also, when talking about that sacrifice, it's always like, we are always sacrificing things even by staying in the same place,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: always. Like if you are waiting, you are equally saying no to something. And so it's like, what is that? Is it more time, more money, healthier relationships? Like whatever that may be, staying where you're at is also saying no to something. So you can then consider, okay, by moving forward, even, even if you do have to sacrifice something, What is the cost trade-off between what you're sacrificing in this current moment by not getting the help you need or investing in yourself?
0: Yes, it really is. And this is one of the things we speak about in time work like, is like indecision is still a decision. Mm-hmm. And it's like re- realizing and taking responsibility for making conscious choices. Even if the conscious choice is not to do something right now, it's not to say the best decision is always to do, but it's like awesome. really settling into there is a cost of doing nothing. And I think yeah, you articulated that so well. Um Another thing I want to speak about is you was it like Christmas time where you had your first actual holiday, actually switching fully off? Talk to us about that.
1: Yes. So I remember I decided to go to Asheville Mm -hmm. and I, it was the first time that I'd like really been like, okay, I'm going to try not to work as much as possible. So I, I moved clients. I set up things. I didn't have any consults, like nothing. Um, I, I, I think I had one hour that I did in my group coaching program. Mm -hmm. It was going to come on live for them, but I was like, I'm going to go, it's going to be great. And it was phenomenal. But of course I noticed my brain was like, why aren't we working? (laughs) (laughs) What's going on? Like, why, what is happening? And I remember I was, I started beating myself up about it and I got coaching in time hackers, From you where you were like, it's okay if you're not the best at rest at first. Mm -hmm. And I remember I I had never considered that rest is also something that we can learn because we're consistently unlearning hustle. Mm -hmm. So from that point on, I was like, you know what? I'm not amazing at resting right now. It's going to take some time. It's okay if it feels uncomfortable and I can sit with that. And so that in itself, took off so much pressure from me to be like, zenned out (laughs) not thinking about work at all. And I remember even more importantly, I was sick all of November of 2021. Mm -hmm. Every fall on college campuses, these nasty bugs go around (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) that are just like, the infect the student population. It's just like your fall cold. And I had gotten like two back to back. Um, And so I wasn't, I wasn't working that much. I had to like cancel consults. I didn't have many client calls. I didn't feel like making offers, like none of it. And I remember I still had my six figure goal at the end of the year. And I still also had that vacation. And I really decided to take that time and just really be off. And I remember when I went on that vacation, um, I, I don't think I had made a lot of money that month yet. Like I had to be in a place where I was like, okay, I'm going to take this time because I know that with taking this time, I can go and then be, be better, be better rested. And, and a thought that I'm currently trying to still implement in my life is, the more I rest, the better business owner I am.
0: Yes.
1: Right. Um, And so I remember I was just on that vacation. I had two payments come in. I had a 13 K day on my couch. (laughs) And then I went and I made over 17 K in like the last two weeks of the year. Right, And then had my most profitable month ever in my business. But that was also the month that I rested intentionally. And that taught me so much about really what I'm capable of when I'm taking time to rest and put myself first, because I'm able to think at a higher level. I'm able to create more value at a higher level. And that is what it is about. Yes.
0: Yes. And I'm so glad you spelled it out in such detail for everyone listening, because I know people have heard me speak about like rest is like the best yeah. <laughs> thing that you can do and it pays off. And we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. In theory, but for so many of us, as you said, like we, we've not grown up with that being taught to us. Yeah. We've not been raised by people that had the privilege of even thinking that way. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it really is still alien. So I know there's a lot of like hype around this on social media let's say but it's like seeing and actually breathing it and actually seeing what's possible because of course what happens when we rest is we access that greater creativity but it does like you say require some discomfort first Mm -hmm. and and I I love that you pointed that out as well I just want to reiterate it for everyone that like we think rest should feel amazing we're like self-care feels amazing rest feels amazing Mm -hmm. I think of it like it's like a detox like like is like all the stories all the narrative if like you are clearly a high achiever you have succeeded you're at a top university you've got a business that you started when you were 15 like you've got lots of external accolades and accomplishments and it's like you know how to feel good about them but then can you feel good without doing something towards them and at first yeah. it's like no you can't because <laughs> like yeah. you've been like it's just a narrative that we have and that willingness to allow for that short-term discomfort to create, which is literally what you saw, like an even steeper rise in self-worth, self-connection, creativity, all of
1: that. Sure. And I really think also for high achieving women in particular, it comes from a place of defining our worth and identity from our accomplishments. Yeah. I remember very specifically, I was, I was recently also talking about this with some other women. My freshman year at Stanford, I started therapy for the very first time and I went to my therapist um, and she was a black female woman. And, and I was so have so much gratitude for her still to this day. But I remember I came into her office and I was so stressed out because I was not, achieving at the level that I thought I should which is basically just Stanford freshman syndrome of you're failing for the first time like you're not things are not easy academically for the first time you're struggling and it's so new and it feels like the worst thing in the world and I remember I was talking to her about my grades and my achievements and she asked me very pointedly who are you outside of your accomplishments And I remember I was like, well, I'm an entrepreneur. And she was like, outside of your (laughs) accomplishment. I was like, and I, I didn't have an answer. I went completely blank. Like I didn't even, it didn't even register to me that I could separate myself from being the smart student, being the overachiever, being the girl who gets A's, being the entrepreneur, being the tutor that, that I could separate myself from that and be in that identity. And by harnessing that identity, I was able to then even go for bigger goals of mine because I was safe.
0: Wait, just say that again, because that's (laughs) like so good, that last bit, just repeat it for everyone.
1: Yes. By harnessing that part of me outside of my achievements who I am at the end of the day, if I do nothing, if my, if I make zero dollars, if I help zero people by harnessing that part of me, I was able to, am still able to go for my big goals because I am safe. Yes. And the best way I like to articulate this is I was coaching someone yesterday. I was coaching a client of mine and, and she had said to me that a lot of times after maybe a math test, she feels like she's not smart enough. Like she hears what her friend's grades were and she feels like she's not smart enough. And I also see this so much in college admissions where very smart students will not apply to great schools because they think they're not good enough to get in. Mm -hmm. Even though me looking at them, I'm like, you are phenomenal. You would be great. Like you should definitely go for it. And a lot of times just the thought I'm not smart enough will stop them entirely. Yeah. I remember saying to her, I was saying, instead of us shaming you for this thought, like, let's figure out what your brain is trying to get at with it. Like why it's coming up, like what it's protecting you from. And we went to worst case scenario. Like what happens if you do really bad on the test? Mm. And she said, well, I'd beat myself up and I'd be mad at myself because mm-hmm. I, I tried and I studied and I failed. Yes. And I said, all that's happening is there's a thought cycle that's going on where your brain is almost like trying to get you to fail ahead of time so that you don't put in that effort of betting your betting on yourself and trying and then failing because the way that you're treating yourself after you fail Is so uncomfortable, right? So it's almost like your brain would rather settle for the discomfort of feeling like you're not good enough, rather than betting on yourself and failing because you're going to be mean to yourself when you fail.
0: Yeah, it's like the surprise fail.
1: Yes, exactly. And and so I remember Brig Johnson said to me recently, like you get to be kind to yourself even when you fail, and when you are you are you are then cultivating more safety for yourself to go big. Yeah. Because, and so I was even thinking of, you know, like what's really helped me create everything that I have had, even at a really young age. And I recognized it wasn't, it was because going back to that initial point that we were talking about academically, and now I'm also learning to do this in my business, I don't attach my worth to my accomplishments. Yeah, if I fail an exam, I don't let it mean anything about me as a student, and then I troubleshoot from that place. Yeah, right? and because of that, because I know that whether you know it works out or it doesn't, I'm still going to think what I do about myself. I'm still going to maintain my self-concept. I'm still going to be kind to myself even when I fail it feels safe for me to go after my big goals.
0: Mm-hmm. It feels
1: safe for me to try to build a multiple six-figure business at 20 years old. Yeah. Because I know that even if I don't hit a particular goal, I never have to make it mean anything about me.
0: Yes, so good. And I think it really is. like This is, I mean, one of the three things we focus on in Time hack is, is failure and changing our relationship with it. Uh, And I think what's so brilliant about how you've been able to do it is like when you are in the school system, it's still not being taught that way. It's still being taught to avoid failing. It's still being like seen as a negative, like, and and so the fact that you've been able like, it took me at least 10 years outside of school to change that relationship, but the fact that you've done it while still being in the system, I think is what's so um, powerful. But really i think outside of school and grades failure is a necessary part of achieving anything like it's not even oh i failed and i'll be okay it's like i failed and because i failed i now have access to more information and that yes. more information is going to allow me to succeed more
1: yes exactly and whenever i whenever i fail that's my thought of like oh okay Like as someone in education, I can view, oh, okay, this is just part of the learning process. Like this is just, this is just a clear marker that I didn't fully understand this concept yet. Let's figure out why. Yeah. It doesn't mean I'm not smart. It doesn't mean I'm not capable. It doesn't mean I'm not phenomenal. All those things are true. And I think it's so fun to consider when we have a better relationship with failure and when we cannot make our failures mean something about us we find out what the real issue is quite quickly ah. <laughs> i remember i ended up telling this client this because i think it's really important for people who um also like like sometimes people to say to me like i'm so successful like you must not fail and i literally told her i was like a c- class that i took last quarter at stanford which was very hard on my midterm exam midterms are worth like 30% of your grade i failed the test. <laughs> and I'm not saying like, oh, I really got a B and it was a failure. Like I got a 47 on the exam and <laughs> like I had to sit with that. And like a lot of people did badly. Like it's very common to just everyone fails a test because it's, it's made to be hard. But I remember like two or three years ago, I would have been absolutely reeling. And I remember in that moment, I had the choice to to go down the rabbit hole and be like, I'm not cut out for this. I'm just not good at this. I'm a failure. Or I was like, all right, this is just part of the learning process. If all of the things that I want to think about myself were still true, that I was smart and capable and that I could do this and be successful, what would the real issue be? (laughs) And I went back and I evaluated the exam and it turned out like I just forgot One little tiny mathematical calculation that then went through my entire answer, and next time I didn't do that, and I turned around, I got an A in the class. (laughs) So good, right? And it and it's just like, but if if I spiraled and and let myself let my result change the self concept that I intentionally chosen to think about myself, I wouldn't have been able to create that result, and so I think that like um understanding the way that i like to think about it is if there are 50 fails like 50 times you're going to have to fall on your face to create the result that you want like that's just a predetermined formula how are you going to get there fastest you're yes. going to get there fastest by evaluating those fails and being kind to yourself when you fail because you're going to keep going faster if every time you fail you beat yourself up. Of course, your brain's going to be like, I don't want to do that again. Like, I don't want to go for that again. <laughs> yeah. that, was, that was terrible versus being like, all right, that didn't work. Why? It's okay. I'm still going to be kind to myself. Let's keep going. Right, yes. And then you get there so much faster.
0: Yes. And, and that's it. I would say like, if I think about why failure plays into time hacking and can have such a big impact on how we achieve results. It's because we spend most of our time thinking about how we can avoid failing and then we don't move forward and get the juicy lessons. Whereas once you're like, oh, I'm going to fail 50 times once I know that, where can I fail today? Like seeking the failure for the learning, for the lesson, for who we become on the other side is so powerful. And actually when I started coaching, like two years ago whenever when I started like all in on my business I remember selling one-to-one coaching and like I had I was going into a mastermind and I had to make a certain amount of money in two months more than I'd made all year and I was like okay I'm just gonna go out there and I got like three no's and then one yes that turned into a no and I was like well I guess I'm done I, I was like I guess it's not gonna work and I spoke to my friend who's like a successful recruiter And we were just chatting and I was like, yeah, you know, I've like got loads of no's. And he was like, how many no's does it take to get a yes? Like a hundred. And I was like, what? (laughs) What are you talking about? And he was like, like how many? Ballpark. And I was like, oh, a hundred. And just like you said with the 50, sitting with like, am I willing to get a hundred no's? Yeah. And I do think, I I don't know if you've implemented this yet, but this is something we speak about in the program. Like, Setting the goal of being the fail instead of being the success, shifts yeah,
1: everything, yeah, yeah. And even just like thinking, I'm like, sometimes I'll do it in my mind, I'll just be like, How can I get so many no's? Yes, <laughs> I'll go out there and I'll just get so many yeses. And I'm like, yes. Oh, it yes, guys, I was avoiding trying to take action because I was scared of the no. When you make the no the objective, yes, the beautiful thought experiment,
0: yes, and it's like. I think we all just want to remember that there's part of our brain that really does feel terrified by this. So if you are listening to this podcast and you're like, these two are crazy. This sounds horrible. Like it did sound horrible to me at first too. Like I didn't come out of the womb, like let me fail and get face oh, yeah. reflection and hear no every day, but it is like a learned skill. And I think it's learned by two things. One, exactly like you said managing your thoughts about yourself and having your own back and creating that safety. Absolutely. And two experiencing like the physical discomfort of hearing the no and teaching your brain. Like, I know it doesn't feel super yummy
1: right now, but we are alive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's been everything. Um, I had a student ask me on a, a Stanford woman in business call. I was like, what was the biggest difference between high school and college now? And yeah. I don't know about everyone's college experience, but I was like, I fail so much. Like yes. I fail a lot. Yeah. And I had to learn how to fail. Yes. Over and over again. Yes.
0: And I think that's way more important than learning how to succeed.
1: hmm yeah, right. Because yeah.
0: as you know, as an entrepreneur, like what, what was it in, that? I saw it, I can't remember where I saw it, but it said something like, you know, you only need 1% of wins or 10% yeah. of wins in order to be very successful in business. Yeah. But I also think it's true in, in dating, right. Dating is another one where like you can fail and have 90 terrible dates and 90 yeah. won't be amazing. So I think a lot of life is like that, but yeah, like just to reiterate. Fail just. I, if there's one thing (laughs) that people take from today's episode, it's like, What, where can you hear no today? Go and get yourself a no, even if it's something silly. Like one of my clients, um, because we do the fail challenge, and she was like, I just asked for my coffee to be free, and they looked at me like I was crazy and said no, and I felt like really terrible. But she got the experience that she wanted, which was to have that feeling come up and teach her brain that she wasn't going to die from it. So go and get a no today. That's like yeah. what we want to give you. And what else would you say? So I love that we've spoken about, we've actually spoken about decision-making, failure and self-concept. And those are like the three things that we really focus on. Um, but what else would you say has been like, has allowed you to shift your relationship with time or where and where do you still want to go with it?
1: Yeah. One thing that I was thinking about, a lot of times <laughs> I will meet... Um. either if I'm, you know, at a business conference, I'll meet fellow entrepreneurs, or if I'm on consult or, or meeting students, I'll meet their parents. And they're like, how are you doing this? Like, do you not go to class? Like, how do you, how do you have business? Like, how are you doing this in school? And I think that I I was meditating on that a lot before coming on here today. Like, okay, like what does that meat and potatoes look like for me? And I think the 80-20 rule is incredibly important for the work that I do. And so that was also something that came to mind. Like we'll take, for example, a large assignment that I have to do like every single week for a class that I'm in. Mm -hmm. One thing that I have learned that has allowed me to optimize and time hack and have time for everything is right. Like 20% of your actions are going to create 80% of your results. So what I do when I plan out my week is look for what is the 20%. Right. So, like for any assignment, I can read a textbook for six hours. I can go to office hours, go to class, look over my notes. Like, there are like probably a hundred things I could do, but I look very clearly, like, what is driving 80% of my results? Yeah. And a lot of times that looks like showing up to, for example, office hours for like 60 minutes. Yes. And then meeting up with a friend who like is equally committed to getting this done and nailing it out. Yeah. Right? And sure there's there's maybe like 80% more things I could do that would give me 20% knowledge. I could read the textbook for 6 hours, right? But with that extra time, what do I then do? I then can better serve my clients. I then can have an entire business. I can go spend time with friends. I can go take a nap and so like Really looking for that 20% has changed my entire life. And that also goes like in my business, going back to that example in December, I remember um, there there were people who sort of already had expressed interest that I talked to um, when I was selling in December. And then I remember I I was just thinking about my clients so much. Like, I was just thinking, I was like, what do they need to know? Like, just what's something that's going on in college admissions right now that I want to share? And I remember I just went into this Facebook group. I'd never said anything ever. (laughs) And I was like, hi, my name is Janae. This is what I do. This is what every junior needs to know for the next year. And I like just sat down on my notes app, wrote something for 15 minutes, posted it. I was like, this feels uncomfy, but I'm going to be uncomfy for 15 minutes. I posted it. And I took a nap and I came back and the post had like 300 comments. The owner of the group had reached out to me to do a blog post and I had like 12 consults in my DMs. So it was like 15 minutes, right? But that was like the 20% that was driving the results because I was thinking, what's the 20% of the actions that's going to build my business? giving value, (laughs) giving high level value from my brain, from my experience, from my expertise to help others, right? Rather than redesigning my website or I don't know, like all the other things that I used to focus on my first few years of entrepreneurship that I thought were helpful, Right. right? So like that has really allowed me to, I feel like have the spaciousness and like be able to do multiple things.
0: Yes. And as you speak about that, what what I think, what I also read from it is like you sitting in, you being an expert instead of seeking validation. And that's what allowed you to be like, what can I give instead of what do I need? I think so often when we're going towards goals or we want to create something, we're like, I'm going to share this thing because I want to create consults. So I'm going to share this thing because I need people to like and comment. And you were literally like, what's the value? What's the thing that I can give them? And that's literally the secret, but that comes from having created safety for yourself, not attaching to results, being willing to let go of even your goal and like being willing to take care of yourself. Like you said, you literally went and had a nap instead of like, let me now (laughs) share this in 10 other groups and let me make sure that people are commenting on it. And let me check my notifications 17 times.
1: Yeah. And just trusting, like when you're in that expert energy, you trust yourself to problem solve in your business, and your life on such a deeper level
0: yes I'm
1: like if I if I knew I could figure this out what would I do
0: yes and being an expert like how I think about it how I teach it it's like there's no timeline to being an expert there's no like hoops you have to jump through there's no like 10,000 hours or whatever rules Mm -hmm. people have made up it's literally a mindset of like I can help people it's just that simple yeah
1: exactly and when I'm, when I'm in that space, I'm thinking about my clients so much deeply, like so, so, so much where I'm like, oh, okay. So like, I really coached them on this today. This was really good. Like what's some, what's a way that I could like create a tool or a process to then help other people that I see are struggling with this. Yes. And um, that has been so beneficial. And also I think like what you were talked about with like, in terms of, my relationship with time and time hacking. Like I said, I had a class last quarter where we had to write a six page paper every single week. right? Mm-hmm. And I was also an essay writing season, obviously like with my kiddos. And I always tell them like, you have to write a bad essay. Like yes. you have to write a very bad essay to get to your great essay. Yes. It's going to take you, like, like we said, if it's five failure steps, like it's gonna take you 10 essays. So you might as well just start pumping them out. <laughs> and then <laughs> the look at me on <laughs> our coaching ball and be like, Oh my goodness. Like what?" Yeah. and I'm like, yes, like this is me giving you permission to write a very bad essay. And the way that I time hacked in like that situation was whenever I had to write that six page paper, I would sit down and I'd be like, let's write a bad essay that's yeah. going to be intense for some people. You could just say like, let's write one that doesn't have to be perfect, but I'm like, let it be bad. Every single time I like, didn't know where to put a comma, put a semicolon. I was just like, let it be bad. And I would knock it out in an hour. And then I would like, go do something else, come back and edit the next day. But I got through them so quickly yes, because I was willing to feel the discomfort of writing something that wasn't perfect at first to get to the high level writing that needed to be submitted later on.
0: So good. I love that example. And the 15 minute example before of just like, we, it's so easy for someone listening. Like if you were to tell me like, how long will it take to write a six page essay? I'd be like, well, I mean, like quite a few hours, right? Quite a few days, like back to, I would stay up late. I was like an all nighter at uni person um, <laughs> I was like my worst client <laughs> and this is why I teach this but you know like it really is like all that pressure that you put on yourself especially I can imagine being at someone like Stanford and it's like the opposite of how we think versus just going yeah. in and being like I'm gonna get this done badly yeah. and then trust myself tomorrow to change yeah. It.
1: yeah exactly that has been incredibly pivotal for me Oh,
0: good. Is there anything else that you want to share with people um, before we like tell them how to find you and all that good stuff?
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm really just thinking. I think we touched on most things that I think have been incredibly impactful for me. I will say, my experience being in Time Hackers, I think for a lot of people, it it seems like it's something that you have to come in and do like all at once, like we were talking about earlier. And I think it is incredibly beautiful to recognize that you can give yourself a resource to be continuously checking in and bettering your time throughout different stages of your journey. The time discussions that I was having when I was making, you know, I don't know, one or two K a month, like in the springtime is a lot different now that I'm, you know, trying to run a six figure business, but equally important for me to have that relationship with time. Mm. And I think having that support resource where I can like reach out, engage in a way that I need to, and just let it be a continuous learning space is invaluable. And so like, that was something for me where I was like, okay, I don't have to do this all at once, but I can give myself a resource for future Janae and future future Janae and future 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 Janae to continuously have what she needs to have a life of rest and spaciousness and time with massive success. Mm -hmm. And so I think like, that's been my experience in Time Hackers, whether it's been like, being coached, like I I will pop in a coaching like once every three months and like get what I need. And it's amazing. Or, you know, message in when I'm on vacation, when I see my brain is not having the most amazing thoughts about me resting. Uh, And that has just been such a beautiful experience for me that I I think is invaluable for anyone.
0: Yeah, I think it's so important what you shared. Like this is why I went, I made it lifetime as well, because time is always a, like part of our life and our life always changes like our roles change we take on more we take on less we relocate all of these different things happen so I love that I love that and I also think and I remember speaking to you about this right before you joined and it being like really sitting into like this is a mindset versus a to-do list and I think how we approach the program and the very first thing I teach you guys and how to hack the program it's like it's not about going through all the modules and answering all the worksheets and being the best student it's actually unlearning that and I just think you've been a great example of coming in and taking that responsibility for what you need and getting what you need and not continue it's like you know when you when you're like I don't know it's like Thanksgiving you guys do Thanksgiving and you're like I'm full but there's more food it's like you don't need to eat the more food and we can end up stuffing yes. our calendars and our to-do lists and our learning, right? Like I need to learn everything from this place of lack versus like have everything I need. What's the one thing that's going to move me ahead that I want to focus on? That? I just think you've been such exactly. a great example of
1: that. Exactly. Yeah that has allowed me to make such rapid progress. Like The version of me that even talked to you when I joined, and now it's so crazy to think how quickly everything has changed, but I think it was because I was willing to make that start.
0: Yes, I think so too. And not waiting for it to be comfortable and taking responsibility for it. And like, I do remember when you came, you were like, but I don't have time for this program now. And I think it's so weird like I don't always engage with my dms when people ask me this but it is like we think like oh you know joining a program or any program is going to take time and we never think about like what if doing this is going to give
1: me more time like that's that's the aim of this program (laughs) yeah I always say like even I I get this objection a lot too when people you know talk to me about like test prep or 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 whatever and, and I'm always like but do recognize doing something, not knowing how to do something takes so much time. (laughs) So much time when I was just wandering about for the first three years of my business, I didn't know how to make offers. I didn't know how to manage my time. Like I would be spending hours like on YouTube, trying to figure stuff out, hours doing the wrong actions that weren't actually driving value in my business. Hours Just doing things that weren't going to move the needle. And of course, if you had asked me back then, I'd be like, I have no time. Yeah. (laughs) I have no time, but it was because I was using that time. Like I was already wasting time. Right. And, and also we don't just sit around with extra time on our schedules, especially if you have not been trained (laughs) to not do so, like you're going to fill all your calendar with everything. Right. But It's recognizing, okay, in what ways could I actually optimize more than I am now? And what value would that return for me? I'm a math person. So like, what would my ROI be, right? Like if I'm, even if I'm just wasting three hours a week, not being as efficient as I could because of my mindset, what would that do if I had those three hours back compounded over the course of the next 50 weeks? Right? Yeah. And for me, that was like boatloads of money, boatloads of happiness, more rest, a new Janae.
0: Yes. Right? So and I haven't good. even
1: like time hacked my entire week. I was just like, let's just focus on three hours.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good. Thank you for coming on and sharing uh, your oh, yeah. brilliance and being such an amazing example of being a time hacker. I want you to tell people how they can find you, connect with you, work with you.
1: Absolutely. So my website is ww.janae tutoring. I'm sure we'll link it.com. It, yeah. My name is spelled J-A-N-A-E. And my Instagram handles the same, Janae Tutoring, and my Facebook page is Janae Plus Tutoring. And that's where you can find me and everything that I do.
0: Amazing. Well, again, thank you for being here, giving us your very precious time and being such an amazing example of really just like implementing and running with something like it's not about and I think it's so great for people listening um whether you've got kids or you're a student or you know students or whatever it is like the idea that you can even be at a college like Stanford and grow a six-figure business and have a life it's like what like for anyone listening it's possible for you I get it like but it's really possible for you
1: Yes, yeah, and and on that note, like I think it would be fun to share like all the fun things that I do because people are like, oh, there's just there's just no way. Like I a yes go to parties. Um, I also go to brunches. Yes, I um watch the Bachelorette with all of my friends. We also make time for Euphoria, and this is more time that I've ever had in my entire Stanford career because of the work that I decided to do. Um, I, you know, have family FaceTime calls every single week. I'm also in a long distance relationship. Like I have a fulfilling life outside of just my business and outside of just Stanford because of the work that I've done. And it's allowed me to now be able to transition in a year as I'm leaving Stanford into just running my business full time that I just so carefully prepared during these years. So good.
0: So fun. Well, thanks again, and yeah, thanks for being an example. You can have a life, and when you have a life, you'll probably be more successful. In fact, <laughs> definitely so. You can have a life, have naps, and be more successful. That's Absolutely. the message. So fun. Hey, if you want to get five hours a week back minimum for life, then I want to invite you to join Time Hackers, It's this podcast on speed where you'll get access to time hacking tools not shared on the podcast. You'll get access to my proven process for hacking your time to get five hours back every week at least. It's also my favorite place to hang out and will be yours too as you connect with other time hackers where you'll get celebrated, supported, and coached, of course. You are a time hacker. This is where you belong. Head to vickiluise.com forward slash group. I can't wait to see you there.